the Spanish announce table. You have found Pro Wrestling's best podcast for the 450th episode of the Spanish announce table. That's Tom over there. I'm Tim over here. Uh, and I'm saying these directional things because you should be watching us live while we do this on the YouTube streams every Thursday night. Uh, precisely, exactly 725 on the dot Every week without fail. Uh, if you want to know more, follow us at SpanishAnnounceTable.net. All of our social media links are up there. We've got a lot to talk about, Tom. We're going to talk to the Table Nation. That's you, the fans. We want wrestling friends, so that's what we're going to talk to first, right? We've got some We've got some Instagram questions. We've got uh, some some calls into the Spanish Announce voice, uh, yeah. the answering machine, right? The Spanish Announce answering machine. We've got some Tweet the Tables. That's where you can go on Twitter and talk to us. Uh, all kinds of fun stuff. We've got a new segment called Tom's Top 5. We're going to do that. We're going to do On This Day, and then we're going to talk about Pro Wrestling's biggest event, All In, happened over the weekend. Just a small little thing going on over there in England, across the pond over there in, uh, you know, the America's uh, leftovers back over there, mm-hmm. uh, across the pond, as they say. Yeah, and then uh, we're going to talk about All Out, and of course, you know, sandwiched somewhere in between there, mixed in about, Dynamite will be sprinkled amongst, because it was the... It was the post-show dynamite for All In and the go-home show for All Out. So it's an odd dynamite, right? So we'll discuss that along the way. Yeah, yeah, and we also have to talk about our picks because we made picks with some stakes attached to them. We'll give you the results of that uh, later on. But what's up, you deflated chip bags? Huh? You having a good time out there? I tell you what, this is the time to be alive as a wrestling fan. Tim, I had such a fun weekend. I got to tell you this before we get into anything else. I had a pro wrestling weekend. It started off with Saturday. I went to the Uptown mm. with a friend of the show, Justin Floor, and we saw The Undertaker's one-man show. It was good. The audience sucked. He does a Q&A, and they ask the dumbest fucking questions. Who's the GOAT? Uh, What's your favorite Hell in the Cell match? You should have brought, brought four dudes. Like, you and Justin should have brought three other dudes, and you each should have asked one of the Cinco Perguntas, right? It would have been awesome, yeah. And then he got to okay. you and be like, all right, if you were going to book a match with me. We're recording yeah. in the side. <laughs> Yeah, uh, what was interesting about this, I want to tell you two stories about the event, and then we'll get into more stuff. Uh, But what was interesting about this was this is the first time I ever went to a show where it was no phones allowed. So you get there, they put it in a pouch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I tried to open that motherfucker for 45 minutes. Couldn't do it. And then it's just a little wand uh, that'll open it after the show. But what I wanted to tell you about, Undertaker show. Again, I thought he did good. The audience sucked. There was also some... Uh, try that in a small town kind of comments. Oh, yeah. But we try, but we try to get past right. it, right? Yeah. Uh, the two things that were uh, special about the show that I learned, I should say, is unfortunately we started off the show with a 10-bell salute uh, for Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk, which was nice. obviously very, yes, very uh, apropos to do after uh, such events happen. And he was also close with both of them. Uh, His Terry Funk story is what I wanted to share with first. So uh, mean Mark Callis, right? Remember mean Mark Callis in Uh WCW? Here's how he got the name. So he gets to WCW and he's standing there because they need to uh, replace Sid 
with the skyscrapers and he's going to be with Spivey. And so he's standing there and I'm not going to do a Terry Funk impression. Actually, Undertaker does a pretty good one. But Terry Funk looks at him and goes, so what's your name? And Undertaker looks and he goes, Mark. And he goes, no, God damn it. What's your wrestling name? And he goes, well, they called me like death something in yeah. Tennessee or, you know, something like that. It was and like Punisher like, or something. Wasn't it? Like, something yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he was like, and he was like, oh, God damn. <laughs> Terry Funk was pissed. And Terry Funk looked at his hands and he just was amazed that his hands were so big and he had calluses on it. And so he goes, that's it. We're calling a mean Mark Callis. And he goes, now get out there. And that's how we got the name mean Mark Callis from Terry Funk. Nice. Second story I want to share with you is I'll give you actually, we'll do a quick uh, guessing game and then I'll tell you. So do you recall during the earlier parts of Undertaker's career when he used to put the wrestler in the body bag mm-hmm. and zip it up? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Who would you guess came up with that idea? I'll give you a hint. It wasn't Undertaker. That's why it makes the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to guess. I'm just going to throw a wild stab at it because it sounds like it would be an oddball. Rick the Model Martel. Ooh, kind of got the first name right. It was Ricky the Dragon Uh. Steamboat. The nicest guy in pro wrestling. And what he said was uh, Undertaker was, was, you know, backstage and Ricky came up to him. He goes, hey. When you beat these guys, what if like you put them in a body bag? And Undertaker was like, that's actually a good idea. Perfect idea for an Undertaker. And Ricky Steamboat said, yeah, I was thinking about it last night in bed. And I just, I don't know. I just thought it was a good idea. And Undertaker said, why are you thinking about me in bed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And body bags. (laughs) Yeah. So apparently Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was a big Western fan. And the Undertaker, if you recall, the origins wasn't spooky mirrors right. and stuff it was the old western i shoot you dead here comes the undertaker right which is what the undertaker's like he was that he was just a spooky undead version yeah, of the, that essentially yeah yeah well it evolved you know the ministry and stuff like yeah, that but course, the yeah. origins were that so yeah ricky the dragon steamboat the nicest man in pro yeah. wrestling who who looks like on saturday night's collision uh, it was advertised he got challenged to a fight by Ricky Starks. So yeah, we, we got, got a little Ricky Ricky action. Yeah, a little Ricky Ricky action. So, yeah, anyhow, uh, we did the Undertaker one-man show on uh, Saturday. And then, again, we'll talk about it oh, a little bit later. Oh, we're going to talk so in. much about it. Oh. And we've talked about this, I think, last week. Hey, we'll spoiler alert. We are going to talk about it, but I'm saying right now, one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time. Probably. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely. But the one thing that I made that that it made uh, it even more fun for me, and we've talked about this last week, and we'll say it again: if it's not in Kansas City, go to London. I want every pay per view to start at noon. That's fucking great. Or or let's just change start it up. them at noon. Yeah, yeah. Just start. I'll drink at eight, dude. Like, on a Sunday, that's perfect because again, like I've got stuff I need to prepare for Monday. Mm-hmm. It's a work night essentially yeah. you know what i mean like i've got to like prepare some things and shit like that and so like sunday is great right like i i kind of like hate the sunday night football games i'm like man can we go back like i play this at noon oh especially if it's chiefs it's like i'm so fucking amped and then after it's always win, the chiefs because we're great well yeah 
Well, and after we win, you are go like, I'm still amped up. And then it's two o'clock in the morning. And then you got a fucking presentation at 10 o'clock the next day. Uh, but yeah, I think pay-per-views start them at noon, make it like a college football feel, and then you're done. And then you can get on with the rest of your day. Now don't do it during football season. Cause then you're fucked, but you know, after football season, that, that, yeah, yeah. when we're not in football season, let's do that. Yeah. Do that a hundred percent. But anyhow, Tim, so that was my weekend. Uh, what do we got coming up next? Let's talk to the Table Nation, right? We've got a great one here. This came across the Instagram, I believe. You you brought my attention mm-hmm. to it because, uh, mm-hmm. spoiler alert, peek behind the curtain, Tom generally runs the Instagram account for Spanish Announce Table, which you can find at Spanish Announce Podcast, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. All yep. right, let's see. Uh, it comes from uh, at Business Analyst Pros. You may otherwise know him as how to be a business analyst from the YouTube chats here. says, uh, what's your favorite hypothetical cross-era match orange cassidy versus vader would be interesting Mm. Mm, and that would be interesting um yeah so what you got one in mind i don't but let me think on it uh cross i like that because vader Mm -hmm. being such a big menace and then he, he said orange cassidy orange cassidy who's evolving as he mentioned last night on dynamite uh yeah that would be interesting so, and yeah, I, I got some further explanation from him. He said, not only like just that it's big versus small, but like somebody who doesn't take anything seriously until last night versus somebody who takes things maybe a little too seriously. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I tend to go the way of opposites, right? Like one of my favorite uh dream matches before unfortunately Bray passed away was Bray Wyatt versus Orange Cassidy. I thought that would have been just incredible. The spookiness of Bray Wyatt and all the Firefly Funhouse and Orange Cassidy not giving a shit, but I won't give it for that answer. Uh, What I was thinking is I want to go a little bit strength on strength here. So I'm going to say off the top of my head, because I I shared this with you and I still didn't think about it because I'm a fucking idiot, but uh, I'm going to say not all the time. Not all the time. No, no, no. Uh, I'm going to say the Dynamite Kid versus Pac. Ooh, oh, yeah. That's a good stuff right there, man. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's real good stuff. Jeffrey Sills in the YouTube chat here says, I always thought it was Tim and not Tom on the IG account. Uh, I have to stop sending negative Tom messages. <laughs> Tom's used to it. He gets yeah. negative. Yeah, he's like, listen, you, you hear a self-talk there? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, have you met my parents pep them up a little bit (laughs) (laughs) have you met my parents it was all just you can't do this you can't do that Um, i'm in there sometimes in the messages i'll get like the notifications of messages and stuff and so like you know i want to respond to folks so sometimes it's us yeah i've never like we're bad about that like making sure you know who's who sometimes right so yeah i kind of like it i kind of like it i'm like yeah yeah, k-state's great but i think they're gonna lose saturday and like what yeah (laughs) oh yeah they're dead yeah yeah Nah, ain't happening. All this right, who weekend. do you got? Who do you got? Who do you got as your uh, cross? So decade? this one I, I really thought of, right? And I've got, all right. So this one I think would be really interesting, mostly for the promos and the stories that they would figure out how to tell, right? Talking unrivaled storytellers and promo artists. And I'm going with current day champion MJF, right? I knew that was, yep. Right? Against evolution era triple h oh yeah mm-hmm. oh you know what i was just thinking of as you were saying it because i thought you might say it but i i would add on to that consider this mjf versus 
Crockett Promotions, American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Oh, yeah. God, so that would it's, be amazing. So it's Dusty Rhodes versus essentially Ric Flair evolved mm-hmm. and see what that, that happens. Yeah. And then essentially it's it's MJF versus Eddie Kingston from the 70s if Eddie Kingston was back there. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. There, that's, that's another one I'll throw out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting stuff. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Sill says the Firefly Funhouse gimmick could have been great if they allowed him to do it to different wrestlers. And, uh, yeah, that would be interesting. Like if we could throw in some, uh, uh, cross era folks into the, into a Firefly Funhouse match, anybody oh, yeah. there would be amazing. You know, the one that I wanted him to do, Bray Wyatt, that is, is the Cena one was impeccable. I mean, the attention to detail, the little things that if you know, you know, you catch up on and mm-hmm. all of that. However, unfortunately, as we all know, Bray Wyatt has passed away. I've always considered the guy that stopped Bray Wyatt in his tracks a hundred percent of the time it felt like was Randy Orton. And I would put Randy Orton in that Firefly Funhouse, put him back to when he burned down uh, the house or when he killed sister Abigail, you know, the, remember when he put things. those bugs on the ring. Exactly. Like doing those kind of things with Randy Orton. I always thought was great. Cause Randy, remember when Randy joined the family yeah. and Luke Harper was like, that's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Randy Orton had the number, right? Like he had yeah. the Wyatt family. Like he was always a step ahead. Like bitch, I was the snake in the grass. You think like young whippersnapper is getting over on me. See, yeah. I fought the undertaker. I know these fake fucking lightning games get the fuck out of here yeah so i always thought nothing i thought we saw a randy orton especially because of his career too uh with the firefly funhouse yeah that's a kind of a sideball like just off side shoot question do we get a closure to randy orton or is he is he done done i know there's some injuries that they were working through here but i don't know if it's is it past that time or is are we going to get an edge run out of um out of randy I want him done. Look, he did the RK bro. That's a great swan song. If he has one more match, he has to do it with someone who's essentially air quotes, the legend killer. And that's who takes him out. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that it should be this guy, but one guy that came to mind is Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller was the name that just came to mind too. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we can't do theory now. We've already tried that with the Cena thing. It ain't getting, it ain't going to happen. Like, no, Theory's got stuff, but like what he's doing right now, like they need to retool, right? Like theory can, I, I feel theory can have success, but like what he's doing now, people are like, hey, we ain't having it, man. We're not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> like we ain't doing this. Yeah. Um, Theo P says, hopefully the Apex bathroom break, Randy Orton is done, done. Yeah. Theo P ain't missing no Randy Orton. He you hates know, it. if we could run like an, an AI like script over everything we've ever said on the show and see what some of the most commonly used phrases are. It would be Theo P shitting on Randy Orton. Love it. Good. Stay consistent. Stay true yeah. to yourself. You know what I mean? Love it. All right. What, what we got up next? Okay. All right. Let's hop over then and see what. Oh, the Spanish now answering machine. If you want to talk to us, you can send us a voicemail, right? What I mean by that is some sort of voice clip, right? Everybody's got a voice recorder or whatever, right? If you can record an MP3 is better for me, but you know, whatever. Give me a voice clip. I'll make it work. Uh, to table show at gmail.com. We'll play it right here on the show like our good buddy Ash did. And Tom, I'm excited. Are you ready? I'm always ready. Like lunch meat? Like lunch meat, I'm always ready, buddy. Yeah. yeah. What's up, boys? It's Ash back again. How you doing? All in was amazing, but I'm sure I don't have to tell you guys that. 
Uh, I'm sure you talked about how great it was anyway. Um, but like I'll keep replaying it in my mind and it's and the only bad thing about it is that I can't go back and relive it again because it was so amazing. Like I I basically lost my voice from singing everyone's theme song and just reacting to all to all the uh the the fantastic wrestling that was on display there. Uh I just can't like dude the reactions I don't like I've watched it back a couple of times the reactions don't do it justice to how great it was in the arena but I guess that would be for basically any event that you see live like to like when cm punk mjf uh ftr and uh and the acclaimed when they come out you could actually barely hear their own theme music over the sound of everyone just going losing their minds for everyone when they were coming out it was ridiculous boys and I just wish I get to relive it again, and I and I can't, and that's and that makes me sad. But hey, I'm gonna go back next year, and it will be hopefully just as good, hopefully better. Anyway, my question for this week is: name one wrestler that you think has been completely overrated, and one wrestler that has not received their flowers and is completely underrated. Have a good week. Have a good show. I will see you next week. Ash out. I'm insanely jealous of Ash for being at all in. Like if I would have in hindsight, man, if I ever would have like saved up for a massive trip to go to a big wrestling event like this would have had to been the one. Well, I was telling Emily, if you guys recall, my uh, honeymoon was the british isles we took a tour of london and then we went into scotland and then we went into ireland and then we went to wales and then we came back to london when we were there the night we left london there was a tyson fury fight at wembley stadium and i was like we're driving back and she's like we can't we're on a guided tour but i was telling her i was like if it was all in I would leave the tour. Like we're done with the honeymoon. We're going to all in. I'll pay for whatever we're missing. But like, yeah, I would have done that. Um, Yeah. Here's the thing though, that I think also makes it special is it's the first time, right? I know there may be next year, a better match. Let's hypothetically just say it's Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega, right? Let's say they do that match. That will be a better match. But I think as far as experience, I don't know if you're ever going to top all in because no one had seen it before. You know what I mean? It was a, it was a non WWE show done by people majority. I know there's definitely a handful, but a majority not in the WWE in their entire careers, orange Cassidy, Eddie Kingston, Kenny Omega, young bucks, you know, all of those guys. And it was just incredible. So I would say I'm excited for next year. But I just, I mean, that first time, I don't know if you can beat it. Well, I'm extra excited for next year now because Jeffrey Sills says you'll be able to go next year. I'm planning ahead, boys, and we're getting the Spanish announce table sign on cam. Woo. Woo. Hey, speaking of Spanish. A happy man, I think. (laughs) Yeah, speaking of Spanish announce table signs, October 10th, we're in the fourth row opposite camera side we might need to do one we of might those need to do that right we might need to do that yeah and stay tuned because we're going to talk so much more about all in and, and and all out and we had some picks on all in and we're going to make some picks on all out so we're going to fill you mm-hmm. in on how all of that went 
But let's answer the question. You want yeah. to go first as yeah. far as well, I've got an underrated that comes to mind right now, and it's a recency bias one. It's one that I know I don't know about most underrated or anything like that, but I definitely think they're underrated at the moment. It's Matt Menard is Daddy Magic. I feel like with this Jericho appreciation thing done, um, 2.0 either needs to be more heavily highlighted or we got to get this guy if they're not going to do a 2.0 run. Uh, Matt Menard, I think, can make some captivating television. Let me think and of overrated. Over well, I'm still working on that. So what do you got right okay. now? Well, so I'm going to kind of segue us into an infrequent segment that we're going to get because the subject matter, or excuse me, the person that presents the subject matter uh, doesn't really care. But we have a tepid take from my wife, Emily, and she said, quote, CM Punk is not good enough in the ring or captivating enough and not worth all of this trouble that he has caused. And so I will piggyback off that. And I will say the most overrated is CM Punk. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, that was low hanging fruit. I mean, like I almost didn't even consider it because I was like, well, everybody knows that. Well, but I mean, <laughs> does everyone <laughs> Do, know no, that? Everybody clearly doesn't. Yeah. Everybody yeah. wants to, uh, yeah. CM Punk. Well, because even to her, credit what 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 she's essentially saying here and and i agree is she the way she feels and the way i feel as well i'm a little bit more invested but when when he walks out there's no reaction from my wife and i'm not saying my wife is a wrestling fan if you've listened long enough you know she isn't but when eddie kingston comes on the camera she'll stop reading when the acclaim walk out and do their rap she'll listen when it's a Kenny Omega crazy spot. She'll look up. You know what I mean? But with CM Punk, there's nothing. And obviously I don't think it's a nothing from him, but I don't understand the visceral reactions that he gets. And so I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying, I think he's overrated because to me, he's fine. Yeah. He's, he's, he's just fine. And I don't judge anything backstage. I'm not talking about the fights and all that. I don't care about that. I don't work for the company, so I don't give a shit. But what I see presented this version, actually right now, collision punk is the worst version of punk I've ever seen. But even prior to that, you know, he's fine. Yeah. He's fine. I, um, another one underrated that comes to mind uh that i didn't think about is baron corbin i think that guy's underrated um ooh that's a good answer yeah yeah thanks yeah it's a really good answer yeah um overrated i mean cm punk is is an obvious one that comes to mind um man i was i was trying to look through i wanted to name a wwa person that was overrated but i kind of feel like they're all kind of adequately rated as i'm looking through like i think people got a good feeling like who actually is worth something and who isn't, right? Um, can I yeah. can I tell you my underrated? Yeah, it's yeah who's your underrated? Little, well, it's going to be a little bit shocking. And it's because I truly believe not everyone understands. And this is bias because he's in my top five. But Kurt Angle is criminally yeah, underrated. Yeah, yeah. If, if he does his TNA run in WWE... We're not even debating. We're not yeah. debating who's the best of all time because it's Kurt Angle. 
I, I true everyone considers him an all-time great. So obviously I'm not saying he's underrated like that, but as far as that top tier, when we're talking Mount Rushmore's and people are naming the rock and stone cold and uh, Hogan and flair credit to all of them, but it's Kurt fucking angle. Name something he yeah, couldn't do. Right. It's Kurt fucking angle. Yeah, you're not yeah. wrong. I've gotten overrated from WWE here and okay. it's Drew McIntyre. I'm like, I'm sorry, but I've never been enthralled by anything the guy has fought for or done or cared. Like, yeah, I mean, he's an impressive looking guy. Looks like an action figure. Mm-hmm. Looks like he could be in He-Man, but like, I, hey, that's about it, man. That's all I got. Yeah, I will say uh, he looks good getting off the bus. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the bell rings. So, and I'm not saying he's a bad wrestler either. I'm just saying it's fine. Yeah, It's fine. I can't think of anything he said. I don't even know his voice. I think if if you gave me 15 Scottish voices, I don't know if I could pick his out. Like, it just, he's never said anything interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, seems like a swell dude. Looks like he's, yeah. like, a best oh. friend material, right? Like, seems like Great. a solid fella. Right? Great. Just- uh, one thing I want to uh, bring up, though, is Jeffrey Sills in the chat says, Kurt Angle, or says, Kurt is underrated because he doesn't have any five-star matches. I will push back on <laughs> fuck Dave Meltzer. How about that? I like good. He has an opinion, but yeah. the idea that at Unforgiven, Kurt Angle versus Undertaker is not five star. Yeah. Go suck it from the back. The idea that Shawn Michaels, Kurt Angle at WrestleMania isn't five stars, suck it from the back. If you don't think back? that, yeah, if you mm. don't think Samoa Joe versus Kurt Angle at lockdown is a five star match, suck it from the back. If you don't think the third encounter, I believe on Impact Wrestling, between AJ Styles and Kurt Angle isn't a five-star match. Suck it from the back. And also, if you don't consider Kurt Angle any fucking match from 2005 to 2012 is five-star, suck it from the back. Hold on, I'm writing this down because, I mean, Tom's swinging out the gates here with an episode title nominee. Suck it from the back here. Um, Jeffrey Sills also said, my thing is CM Punk made his career on shoot promos and pipe bombs, but can't take that smoke being blown back at him. And man, yeah, we're going to dig into that. I'm sure with the uh, all in, you know, all that stuff. Cause we'll talk about Jack Perry, who is awesome. Um, and let's, let's actually, let's, let's tease that a little bit here. Tom with some tweet the tables, use Twitter. If you still are X, whatever the fuck you want to call it and use hashtag Twitter. tweet the table. And we will hit us Twitter and we'll read it right here. Mr. Fourth row said, can someone, or said, can't someone find a red tie for Paul white to wear hashtag tweet the table. Um, yeah. Paul white. Did you see the, yeah. Well, did you, did you catch the, uh, pre-show? I bet mm-hmm. we're probably not going to talk about that, yeah. but the Jeff Jarrett, American yes. wrestling has created yes. this You suck. Best Jeff Jarrett promo ever. He warmed your heart a little bit, didn't he? <laughs> it was just, God damn it. Is he growing on me? Fuck him. Yeah, he's, he's got the little bit of the Young Bucks disease going ah, on. <laughs> well, because he's contained, right? He's not in charge. He's not doing uh, global gold or whatever the fuck that was called. You know Correct. I mean? Yes, exactly. Like, he's not running the show. It's not him booking the territory here. And, and he's he not can doing be used any... in fun spots. Yeah. And, yeah. And Jeffrey's getting a laugh out of that. He does say, I totally agree with you, Tom. He has at least 10 five-star matches. Hashtag suck it from the back. Um, yeah, no, but Paul White got out there and gave him the what for, right? Gave, gave mm-hmm. him all, he gave old, uh, old Satnam Satin Singh. Satnam Singh. Yeah. The, Who's the, bigger than him. Right. It's, 
boom, it's, it's down, always, bam, with one. It's always impressive if someone's bigger than Paul White because I've seen him up close and I was intimidated. And I don't get intimidated yeah. much. But well, we've like, also been up close to Satnam Singh at All Out last yeah. year, which yeah. was referenced on Dynamite as a magical moment for the acclaimed. And we were there helping make that magical moment. Oh, that was fun. That was so great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Paul White with Paul White. The, yeah. the pre-show. And right. the pre-show was really good. I thought Renee I thought so too, Paquette, yeah. Renee Paquette starting it off with a Bray Wyatt quote was very uh appropriate for this for the uh pre-show. I thought Anthony Agogo was pretty good. Yeah. And I thought Kip Sabian did really well as well. Yeah, as well. In, in, yeah, exactly. As well, as well as well. As well as well. Sucking yeah. from the back. All right, let's get to another one of these. Uh, at Brian J. Bay says, did Darby and Sting still win, even though Swerve's hair was sticking out of the coffin? Seems suspicious. Hashtag tweet the table. Don't be suspicious. I mean, don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> don't be suspicious. I Look, if Sting's bat is going to stop him. Certainly the hair losing, would. Then hair That's an extended thing. Well. Swerve that if Swerve ain't saying that next time he's on TV, we miss the boat here. Yeah, because you could argue hair is more a part of the person than mm-hmm. holding a bat. This is yeah, me that was kind of my whole point it. about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, this is my hand essentially. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, justice for Swerve. Yeah, that's what we'll start. Yeah, justice being for like, Swerve. look, if one inch of me was outside of that coffin, you didn't put me in that coffin. I can't you didn't win dude. this match. Side note, and I said this on our Twitter at Table Show, I cannot wait for the day because it's going to happen when Swerve Strickland is the AEW World Heavyweight Champion and Prince Nana is holding the belt and doing his, and I swerve when I, but doing it with the belt and then coming, oh, that is good. Look, Swerve is awesome. Grand Slam, I'm just going to say it right now because I was thinking about it last night. Uh, Grand Slam, it should be MJF versus Swerve Strickland. Because you know how many you know how many non-white guys have challenged for the AEW World oh, Championship? Is it none. It's zero. So let's change it. Yeah, Swerve would be a good opponent. Huh? <laughs> so let's change it. Yeah. Give him some wins to rehabilitate some of this losing a coffin match thing. Well, and- well as Jeffrey Sill says here, uh, hashtag Swerve never lost. Well, sort of never lost, but they're counting it yeah. as it. So that's bullshit. One other side note real quick. I'm on one right now tonight, and I like it. Uh, look, Sting, top five for me. Love Sting. I love especially Sting in AEW right now. All-time oh, yeah. fun. Do you realize he's never lost a match, though, in AEW? I think we need to have him lose, right? Because if we're going to say at the start of this whole AEW wins and losses matter, and we still put the – Win and loss yeah, record down he there. He needs a world title shot. Yeah, so let's come yeah. on. You know what I mean? He needs a world title shot. Sting. Sting and MJF. I mean, that would not be bad. Uh, yeah. But MJF great. can make anything look good. I mean, Sting can sell his ass off, too. I love the way Sting yeah. sells. If you great. like all this fun talk we're having about All In, about AEW, stick around with us if you're still live or if you're listening to the podcast. But right now, we're going to get into a brand new awesome segment uh where you know tom loves lists right we've talked about this before tom loves lists and tom's lists are better than your lists suck it from the back right and tom is going to debut his top five of the week right tom's top five that's what we're calling it right now 
card subject yeah. change, right? But so, Tom, I'm excited for this. What is our top five subject of the week here? What do we got? Well, well, I want to kind of give a peek behind the curtain. Warm us up a little bit here. Yeah, Tim, you actually gave some of these topics to me. Actually, you gave all of these topics to Mm. me, and then I had to come up with answers. So, uh, again, we're going to do this sporadically. We don't have to do it every week. Let's all be honest. Dynamite was a little light, so we're filling it with some other content. Uh, So... The Tom's top five, we're going to start it off with, as mentioned earlier, who's an underrated wrestler. Mm -hmm. Well, here is my top five most underrated professional wrestlers of all time. Mm. Ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. All right, here we go. I'm going to kick it off in no particular order. Or maybe should I do a five, five to one? Yeah, why not a five to one? Yeah. Five to one. Okay. I am going to go number five, Owen Hart. Owen Hart. That's yeah. I mean, we need to solid choice. as we're yeah as we're kind of tweaking this. We need a little fanfare, maybe like a or something like after I say it. But five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, five. Owen Hart, number four. Four. <laughs> Eddie Kingston. Ah I, man. Look. Right. Look. Yeah. His matches. I know, and we all know how great his promo work is, right? And he makes you believe, but the believability he puts in his matches is second to none. And my reasoning for Owen Hart at five and not higher is I do think he never really got a fair push or a heavyweight championship or anything like that kind of uh, attention because of Brett. And he did some great character work. He is the more interesting of the Hart brothers, in my opinion, but... He also kind of, I don't know. He never really said, okay, well, this is a situation where I'm going to overdo it, right? Like I'm going to achieve to where they can't deny me. He did the slammy thing with Yoko as the tag champs and all that. And then kicking Brett's foot out and the rivalry there. It was all great, but like, I can't think of the iconic promo, right? I can't think of the iconic moment Mm -hmm. from Owen Hart. So that's why he's fine. Uh, and then again, number four, Eddie Kingston. Let's keep it moving with number three. Three. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot. <laughs> I am going to go with Mr. Perfect. Mm, so awesome. God, he was so good. Incredible wrestler. Another person who also could sell if he needed to. He could do the over-exaggeration with Hulk Hogan or if it's a you know, knock down, drag out brawl in WCW against Ric Flair. He can do that. He's fucking in like one of the greatest moments I thought in his career, which is filled with a million of them was he did the fisherman suplex to the giant big show, Paul white, whatever yeah. you want to call him. Mm-hmm. That's fucking yeah, that's wild. So impressive. <laughs> yeah. I know and, we got Cena did the, uh, you know, the, did he F F I or just yeah. get him up for the, I forget. No, what he, he did, did. F I, he did F I or the yeah. F U or, uh, whatever. F U. Yeah. 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 He did F U. Um, yeah. but like, jeez, uh, perfect flex. The core strength for that too is insane. And the, and the grip yeah. strength to get back and hold it. Yeah. It was incredible. Also, yeah, it's a lot I of thought, leg right there. Like mm-hmm. it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think what puts him a little bit higher than Eddie and Owen is a little bit of the intangibles throw in the, the town swagger. Bobby Heenan can't yeah. before we all talked about swag, Mr. Perfect had that swag, right? He was exactly. just he was the coolest guy in the room. Yeah, he was definitely that. And that leads me, uh, as we keep it moving, into number two. And I think this one 
two. <laughs> we gotta come up with something. Yeah, we gotta find yeah. something. <laughs> I think I think this one's gonna throw a curveball to people. But again, I want it to be as original as possible. And also, side note, my apologies to Japanese wrestling. I just don't watch, so I don't. Yeah. If you're gonna tell me Kawada or whatever is the best, I don't care. Um, Nailed but it. for me, yeah. Nailed it. Uh, number two, I'm going with one of the fucking most underrated ever i mean jesus christ bam bam bigelow oh yeah yes bam bam right? i mean think of the run he had in wwe he fucking main evented wrestlemania and we just want to act like that never happened well and, and he i was, know he had some mainstream appeal too like people knew who he was like he had that unique look like he could have been way bigger than he got to for sure yeah so obviously early in his career, he was already fast tracked and in matches with Andre and Hogan and stuff like that. As you watch from, you know, maybe documentaries or whatever he leaves, then he comes back. And then that's when he's doing his run with razor and diesel and Sean. And then again, main eventing WrestleMania against Lawrence Taylor. And was it a five-star or whatever, but he's fucking wrestling. It was a Lawrence Spanish Taylor. Table three and a half star match. Yeah. Lawrence Taylor was high as fuck probably during the match and Bam Bam's having to, you know, corral that in while he's probably also high yeah, as fuck. Probably had to take and, a couple bumps mid match. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There, there was a lumberjack. I bet you they kind of, boop, you know, as a LT. Yeah. bumps. That's what they do. We take bumps in this match. Exactly. Now to even go a little bit longer on this point, Bam Bam then goes to EC fucking W Becomes part of the triple threat. Throws Spike Dudley fucking 10 rows uh, back. Let's not forget about the incredible spots with Taz going through the ring and going through the entrance ramp. I mean, come on. Well, and let's not forget, as Jeffrey Sills points out, uh, he was also in major pain. And probably his greatest accomplishment in all of media, he was on an episode of Boy Meets World. Yeah, with Vader. Well, not with Vader, but Vader was also on that as well. Yeah, Bam Bam Bigelow. That's the height of 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 your media accomplishments. If you were on Boy Meets World, there's nothing else like you Oscar or a fucking anything like that. Like, yeah, frame that episode. Boy Meets World. All right, you ready for number one? We're gonna go into it. One. (laughs) I could hire me for your voiceover needs. All right. Yeah, a million percent. That you should definitely do that. I could argue. He's the greatest pro wrestler because of the versatility, swagger, promo. No fuck out of here. Okay, that's right. But because of the versatility, swagger, mainstream appeal, coolness, and believability, I'm going with the coolest fucking wrestler of all time. I'm going with Scott Scott Hall. Fucking Hall was the coolest guy maybe ever. Definitely in pro wrestling. Because here's the thing that I think people don't understand. When he would wrestle Rey Mysterio or Eddie Guerrero or Chris Jericho, he's the big fucking guy that allows them to do all their Lucha Libre cruiserweight stuff, and he can still get his stuff in, and it looks like a good match between two wrestlers. Then, if he goes up against the Kevin Nashes or Diesels at the time, uh, Big Show the giant, whatever it may be, he can be the small guy that says, all right, well then I'm going to fucking fall here and I'm going to bump here and I'm going to get knocked out of the ring here. On top of that, Ayo, 
Uh, right? He had the fucking promos. He had the fucking... I mean, you don't know why I'm here in the fucking Canadian tuxedo. tuxedo yeah. 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 I mean, God. It, he was... The, the thing that made him... Along with Kevin Nash, I don't want to discredit him, but the thing that made the NWO the coolest when it started was, oh, fuck, is this real? And that's the believability that Scott Hall can bring. Again, also Kevin Nash, but that's the believability that both of them can bring. And so, again, I could go on and on and argue that he's the greatest pro wrestler of all time, but I definitely think he is the number one most underrated professional wrestler of all time. Jeffrey Seal says Scott Hall was really in the pork and beans projects when he shot his promos when he was coming into the WWE. Yeah, I've seen that meme where it was like, it was like you know you were um, you know when he was doing all his vignettes and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. he's saying he was in some real hard spots. Um, uh, there was the one meme where it was like you know like Scott Hall was legit when he can show up in the hood in some fuchsia pants draped in gold and walk out of that motherfucker <laughs> with no issue. <laughs> with yeah. a camera crew. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's not just like he's walking in there. He's walking in there with a camera crew, and they're like, yeah, yeah. No, you're good. Yeah, everyone you're was good. like, look at this motherfucker. I want to hang out with this dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the no, no, like, who the fuck are you? Why you got these cameras? Everybody was just like, got to hang around this guy. Look at him. Oh, and also Jeffrey Sills. Uh, for his backstage creativeness again he gave sting his crow gimmick yeah that's another thing also believability and this isn't something that is an accomplishment but it is something he did he murdered someone he shot and killed someone he did he murdered at <laughs> least one person yeah that we know yeah of. yeah um and that's one of the shames man we you know we recently lost bray wyatt very young scott hall we didn't necessarily lose very young i mean younger than you know you would hope most people would live mm-hmm. but um, he didn't get because of a lot of his demons that sort of he said it a lot in almost every interview I heard him say like he wanted to be a coach man he would have been in NXT he would have been oh, a guy yeah. that probably could have moved a lot of amazing stuff out of there and we didn't really ever get that you know I mean they, they weren't mm-hmm. ever going to trust him to put him in that spot full time like I know they had him come in in spots but like man that really sucks right like and, and maybe had he you know been more clear maybe we would have seen that AW side like I feel like he's a guy who would have been like Yo, I want to be there helping immediately. So right. That, yeah. He yeah. was my favorite of all time, this guy. Yeah. I remember, you know, uh, you were talking about uh, Baron Corbin earlier. There was a tough enough or whatever it was where Scott Hall was like, you're a prick, aren't you? And Baron Corbin was like, yeah. He's like, yeah. well, then keep doing that. Then do that, man. Like, own <laughs> yes. it. Like, that's like, you got to do that. Right. Like, don't fuck around. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, yeah, he just had a way with words, a way with his, with his walk, a way with his presence. He captivated a room, man. Scott Hall was the coolest. Fucking coolest. Yep. There you go. So that's my top five most Tom's, underrated pro wrestlers. Tom's top time. five. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll work on that. We will hash that out. But, uh, yeah, that's a reminder. Um, you can donate to the show if you would like uh, to help us up the production game, right? We need some money. Use that uh, link there on Spanish Announce Table. Uh, there's a PayPal and a Cash App link. We'll take any and all donations. If you want to be the beer sponsor of the week, donate us enough for two people to buy beer. And current day beer prices, by the way, if you haven't bought beer in a while, check out the liquor stores. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, send us some money and say, go get some stuff, right? Like, go get some beers, mm-hmm. right? If you've got mm-hmm. a specific one, let us know. We mm-hmm. don't get all your local beers, so calm down, right? That kind of stuff. Um, but we listen, I sound like I'm mean to the fans right now. Love you, fans. Love you, fans. We need some money. Donate us some money. Um, if you want to buy a shirt, go to Spanish Announce Table. 
ProWrestlingTees.net and buy the shirt at the Pro Wrestling Tees link, right? Or you can go directly to Pro Wrestling Tees, SpanishAnnounceTable.net. But, Tom, it's time to hop in the Spanish Announce Time Machine and go. Back in time. Gosh, it's so boppy. It's, it's so fun. Back in time. <laughs> Don't you love it? All right, let's see what happened. In pro wrestling history, any new listeners or viewers, uh, we'd like to go through uh, five days. It'll coincidentally be uh, the fourth through the eighth this week because that's next Monday through Friday, right? We'd like to give you each day a pro wrestling fact that you can share with your friend, parentheses S. Tom, do you know what happened? September 4th, 1987. I'll tell you, WWF held their third King of the Ring in Providence, Rhode Island. The Honky Tonk Man retained the Intercontinental Championship when he lost via disqualification to Jake the Snake Roberts. The winner of the 16-man King of the Ring tournament outlasted the likes of Haku, Brutus Beefcake, Rick Martell, One Man Gang, Tito Santana, Junkyard Dog, and Nikita Koloff to win the tournament by defeating King Kong Bundy in the finals. This new King of the Ring would adopt the King moniker for another three and a half years until April of 1991. Shit, that is not who I thought it was. I was going to say initially it was Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Ooh, yeah, good guess, but it was not Hacksaw no, Jim Duggan. No, I know, I know, I know. So he yep. would hold the moniker from 87 to 91? To 91, yeah, September 87 to April 91. This man would be the king. Harley Race? Mm, good guess. No, this is the Macho King. Randy Savage. Oh, I forgot the Macho King. Oh yeah, I got the the Macho King over there. Yeah, I forgot that's how. Yeah, yeah, because I just think of him as a heel with Sherry. I don't think of him as like becoming the King. Yeah, Jeffrey Sills guessing Maven in the uh, (laughs) in the not nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not nineteen ninety seven. All right, yeah, Macho King, the best King. Now yeah, Booker Ooh. T might be the best king. I don't know. Booker, Ooh, Booker T was we like, might do a top five kings because you got five, Jerry Lawler. Add that to your list if you got it right yeah. there. Yeah, top five yeah. kings. Because you got Jerry Lawler, Haku. Oh yeah, Xavier oh, yeah. Woods, king Haku, Nakamura, uh, Harley Race, as mentioned, Bret Hart, Kurt Angle. I mean, William Regal. William Regal. William Regal had the best crown me sit on the throne moment of any king of the ring ever. Definitely, 100%. Yeah, yeah he, Austin's, he owned Austin's thing. promo, but that wasn't, he didn't, was that, he didn't cut that after he won, right? Was that before the finals? No, he right? didn't. No, oh, he didn't. It was he after he was yeah. at the crowning ceremony or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's see. Let's let's go. Back in time. I guess we're going forward if we were just at, in 87, but you get the idea. Yeah, we're still <laughs> yeah. back. All right, Tom, do you know what happened? On September 5th, 2005. No, probably not. No, you don't. <laughs> WWE Monday Night Raw was held in Nashville, Tennessee. Kurt Angle defeated Eugene via submission. John Cena defeated Tyson Tomko. Gene Snitsky defeated Matt Hardy. And Chris Michaels won another master, or excuse me, Chris Masters. Sorry. Was like, yeah, Chris Masters. Chris? I don't know what I was... Chris Masters won another Master Lock Challenge. That's what clued me in that I had a typo there. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) Chris Masters 
won another Master Lock Challenge, after which wrestler managed to break the first Master Lock, but received a steel chair to the face for his troubles before passing out to the second Master Lock while dripping blood from his face. Bobby Lashley. Ooh, no. 2005? Oh, yeah, I guess Bobby Lashley. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. good guess. Hold on, hold on, hold on. 2005, someone broke it. Yeah, he's in the master lock. They were in there for the longest time anybody had been. Gets out, mm -hmm. and Chris Masters has the chair there, you know, and he says, nope. Mm -hmm. Flap! When the referee ain't looking. And now, mm -hmm. I mean, the referee was supposed to not be looking, but whatever. We skipped over that. Mm -hmm. And then bloody person gets another... Uh, you know, master log and they're passing out and the ref's like, oh, you know, call it. But it's not John Cena because he it's just said he Cena. had wrestled. Lost the or he beat Tomko. Yeah, retossing Tomko. Oh, fuck, who's so Scott now? Yeah. Scott Steiner? No, definitely not oh. Scott Steiner, no. Well, he's, he could. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Ah, uh, one more guess. I'll do one All more right. guess because we're going long here. Uh, I will say, fuck, I can't think of anyone who's like a big guy during that time, like a you know a muscular guy. Um, I thought it was Lashley. Well, it wasn't. I'll give you that hint. It wasn't a muscular yeah. guy. Oh, it wasn't. No. Uh, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. It was Shawn Michaels. <laughs> yeah. How the fuck did he break that? <laughs> yeah, he got like down to the ground and was rolling around and yeah. doing some weird stuff. I, I missed that point because I was honestly skipping ahead because when I when I read the list, it said no contest draw, which isn't right. I was like, that doesn't seem right. How do you like, how did that work out? And so I watched it and yeah, he he managed to get out briefly somehow. And Master's like, what the flap right I, chair? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I do remember Lashley breaking it, and that's yes. when it kind of transferred over to lashley as his fucking thing but yeah um okay all right let's keep it moving all right do you know what happened on, on september 6 2014 no roh all-star extravaganza six was held in toronto ontario canada Motherfucker, i don't know shit about Ring Water. i'm still watching their You're archives so I can learn. but this is a fun one because aj styles defeated adam cole baby Jay Lethal retained the world television title, defeating Cedric Alexander in a no-time-limit match. Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, Red Wagon, <laughs> Red Wagon, retained the world tag team titles, defeating the Young Bucks in a two-out-of-three falls match. And Michael Elgin lost the world heavyweight title to which wrestler who would become only the second man to win the ROH world title more than once? I'm going to say Samoa Joe. Ooh, good guess, but it is not Samoa Joe. I'm going to say it was 2014. Yes. I will, I will say I will go with uh, shit. Um, it wasn't Samoa Joe. I, I was pretty confident in Samoa Joe. Uh, I'm going to say so only the second person at, at that time, I think to have won it more than once. Yeah. It couldn't have been Brian Danielson. It was, was not it? Brian Danielson. Okay. It's Cause we got guess. fired, but then mm -hmm. he did evolve. That's what he did. Um, all right. Last guess here. I am going to say it was 
Austin Aries. Ooh, it was not Austin Aries. It is the late Jay Briscoe. I didn't realize he won it twice. Mm-hmm. I thought he just won. He's one I, of, I think he... uh, currently, I think there's only four people who have done it more than once. I think if yeah, we, that was like something else we had encountered recently. I think reach for the skies. I, I'm learning about the Briscoes. I'll be completely honest with you. Uh, I have watched their more recent stuff. Um, but I'm learning and man, they are good. They, they are, good. are fucking they were good. good. Yeah. They were awesome. Every time I've seen them, I was like, I like these guys. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Good. Now in hindsight, I'm like, man, I should have went back and found more of them. The time. One of the great promos that he did, because again, I'm reviewing and just kind of learning the cleaning more about the gun him. promo. That, well, that one was great. One was awesome. But when they were, but when the Briscoes were uh, going up against Red Wagon, and you know Kyle Riley and Bobby Fisher doing the MMA gimmick, and yeah, they're wearing yeah. the the mouthpiece, and Jay Briscoe's like, or actually, yeah, no, it was Jay Briscoe. Jay Briscoe's like Terry Funk never wore a mouthpiece, huh? Yeah. Terry Funk never wore yeah. a mouthpiece. What was the was promo like, when he accidentally shot the gun uh, while he was still doing it? He's like, I'm still alive, man. <laughs> thought you were done. Yeah. Another one of those yeah. where it was like, man, these guys do know it's not real, right? Like, yeah. like these guys, are somebody clued yeah. them in. Oh, he's yeah. awesome. Jay Briscoe. All right. Yeah. Well, well, we'll go. Back in time. And see what happened. On this day. September 7th, 2008. WWE Unforgiven was held in Cleveland, Ohio. The mistake by the lake. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Deshaun Watson. Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase Jr. retained the world tag team titles, defeating Crime Time. Oh, God, what a horrible gimmick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels defeated Chris Jericho in an unsanctioned match. Michelle McCool retained the Divas title, defeating Maurice. But this show is most remembered for the introduction of a new match concept that would be utilized in three matches for each brand title. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they had ECW, they had Raw, and they had SmackDown. And in each of these uh-huh. matches, a new match concept was debuted at this event. And three matches with this concept. On this day. 2008. Uh, when the Elimination Chamber? Nope. Um, fuck, it obviously wasn't Hell in the Cell. Um, oh, God, Tim. Uh-huh. This is a this one's this is hard. A good one. Yeah. 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 Forgot about it. I bet. Mm-hmm. I haven't done one of these in a while that I can recall. Ooh, they haven't done one in a while? Mm-hmm. And and all three promotions did it. Yep. I I got nothing. This is the championship scramble. So Matt Hardy won the ECW World Heavyweight title, defeating Mark Henry, Finley, Chavo Guerrero, and The Miz. Triple H retained the WWE title, defeating Jeff Hardy, Montel, Vontavious, Porter, Shelton Benjamin, and the Brian Kendrick. And Chris Jericho, after having wrestled in an unsanctioned match against Shawn Michaels, won the World Heavyweight title, defeating Batista, John Bradshaw, Layfield, Kane, and Rey Mysterio. How interesting, side note, we'll get into more fun stuff. How interesting is it that now all of a sudden CM Punk and JBL 
are chumming it up at, at the cauliflower club as if as if cm punk liked him when yeah, he was there right but now, yeah but now they're both tough guys yeah tough guys they are championship scramble and, that's glad i'm glad that's not around that was not good it yeah it just made everything meaningless i didn't like it when you know the hardcore championship when it would like Taz was the champion, then Hardcore, then Crash, then, uh, you know, Val Venus and Billy Gunn. What bugged me with the scramble bullshit. was they were like, okay, so like, okay, so we got Matt Hardy, Henry Finley, Chavo, and The Miz, right? Mid-match, one guy gets a match and or, or, win, or a pin, and they're like, Finley is now the ECW World Heavyweight Champion. Like, no, it's like a, it's like a who's the leader, right? Like, mm-hmm. you say that, and then at the end of the match, that's the winner who wins the thing or something, right? Like, yeah. they're all chasing the leader. Like, that's a weird thing because, like, do we keep that as record? Like, did, did the title, like, do we, like, that's weird. It just felt weird. To me. Well, yeah, it's kind of like saying in a last man standing match, the guy that gets the first fall, you know, MJF is now the winner, but then they keep going and Brian Danielson wins. Now, Brian Danielson. Yeah, now, Brian Danielson is the, yeah, it was done. Yeah. It's, yeah. All right, one last one here where we'll go. Back in time. And we'll see what happened. On September 8, 1997. No, I'm looking at what Jeffrey Sill said, you little so-and-so. Tim. <laughs> All right, we'll see what happens here. 19. WWF Monday Night Raw was held in Cincinnati, Ohio. The Godwins defeated the Headbangers. They were fun. Owen Hart defeated Gold Dust. Hunter Hearst Helmsley won a three-way match defeating the Patriot and Savio Vega. Man, we're going real all-time gimmicks here. You know what I'm saying? And Vader wrestled to a no-contest draw in a no-holds-barred match against which wrestler? Ninety-seven mm-hmm. Vader main event wrestles to. A I don't know no if this was the main event. I don't know if those okay. were in order or not. Yeah. Okay, but Vader Raw no contest Cincinnati nineteen ninety no holds barred no holds barred. But somehow ends in a draw. I didn't catch the details on how that works out. <laughs> I'm curious. Must have murdered this a man. He, well, this is. I'm curious if this is when he was starting to beat up Gorilla Monsoon, who was like the commissioner. Mm. Remember okay, that yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was good stuff. Yeah. Uh, 1997, Vader and Shawn Michaels. Not Shawn Michaels. Nope. Close. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> Bret Hart. It's Bret the Hitman Hart. There was no Jeff Jarrett coming, Jeffrey Sills. <laughs> yeah, I see you over there. I'll throw a swerve of my own here and throw yeah. another one of Tom's favorites. Don't want to yeah, be too predictable with all of his favorite. Yeah. It's Bret yeah, the Hitman Hart. Yeah. Yeah. 1A and 1B here. So, yeah. Exactly, yeah. This, man, yeah. 97 was such an interesting time right like it, oh we're, we God. were just like right there right like we're almost yeah. there it looks like right we, we, we still got the godwins right we got patriot and savio but we're we're inching in here with you know we've got we've got hunter Hearst Helms. he's gonna figure it out soon right we got the headbangers mm. are starting to get a little edgy maybe but oh across the board because uh one thing if i had time and i don't right now because i'm going through some bullshit and all that stuff but one thing that I think would be an interesting concept, and if we get enough donations, maybe I will make the time. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the thing that I thought would be the most interesting thing to do, not most interesting thing to do, but one thing that I would find fun is to start on a week 
and compare the three shows of ECW, WCW, and WWE, Raw, Nitro, and then ECW television, and just go through and be like, who won the week? Because especially like in 97, 97 is NWO, Hogan and Hall, and uh, Nash are figuring it out and starting to really take off as like the real NWO. Because then, you know, they had six and then they had uh, the giant, but then they didn't and all that kind of stuff. And then over in, yeah, like you said, WWE, this is like right on the cusp of we're getting rid of the Godwins because we've got DX and we're getting rid of Savio Vega because we've got the nation. And like we did gang wars there for a while. And then over in ECW, you got Shane Douglas as the champion. You got uh, Raven and Tommy Dreamer wrapping up their shit, which was yeah. awesome. Oh, it would be amazing. Uh, it would be amazing. And looks like we've got some angry folks in the chat here that there was no Jeff Jarrett questions. They're upset. And listen, kind of like Tom said, if you want to donate, uh, real honesty, I-, I didn't have the time to hunt and peck that hard to make sure I found a Jeff Jarrett one, right? I took the easy road and found some stuff that was already, you know what I mean, out there that I could easily take from and kind of yeah. amend to our own here. So, uh, um, those donations are great at SpanishDownStable.net. You click the link there. There's a PayPal version or a Cash App. Um, mm-hmm. If neither of those work for you, man, hit me on the side. We'll find a way. I'll let you send me some money. We will work it yeah. out. We will find a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but 97, a- 97, that's when, yeah, we're on the cusp of something huge. And then 98, all three promotions are just hitting home runs. Just- we got – yeah, Taz is heavyweight champion. We've got Stone Cold as heavyweight champion. We got Goldberg as heavyweight champion. We're just fucking running on fucking nitrous. You know yeah, what I mean? Love it. All right. Well, that was our fun trip. Back in time. All right. Let's get into man. All in right. The biggest yeah. pro wrestling event in history happened. I can't say enough about how much I look. I know there's a lot of people on the side that have picked sides or online that have picked sides and, you know, they want to fight about things. But I'm viewing AEW now as one of my favorite things that's happened in pro wrestling ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just so amazing. This event was great. I had a blast with every bit of it. Yeah. And, you, you know, one thing I kind of told you uh, about the main event, we'll just jump there and then kind of maybe work backwards is it felt a little small to have a small package, no pun intended, to to end the match. However, when you get to the finale, the real finale, where friendship wins, it makes sense because if MJF would have low-blowed Adam Cole or poked him in the eye or hit him with a diamond ring and then pin him, well, yeah, then the friendship's over. But MJF doing the, well, I'm going to take the wrestling move to beat Adam Cole. Adam Cole necessarily can't get really mad, right? He lost to a wrestling move. right? And so then when MJF, which what a fantastic performance where he throws the belt at him. This was all what it was worth. It's like, oh, I get it. You just wanted that. You didn't give a shit about me. (laughs) Yeah. And then you switch roles from when collision, it was after, Adam Cole and MJF lost to FTR and you think he's MJF's going to hit Cole. Now we think Cole's going to hit MJF. And then the added bonus of that fucking piece of shit, Roderick strong, just trying his best to act like, and yell at it. Like, Adam yeah. Cole. Yeah. Just fantastic fan friendship wins. And yeah. that's another Bro thing. Love but, wins. Well, and let, that's another thing that we should applaud AEW on. You know, again, we can pick sides. Oh, blah, 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 all the shit fuck off right however in this calendar year i've seen AEW shows where in a positive manner a chant was he's gay Mm -hmm. broke out positively positively right 
we had the trope broken where can they coexist? 100% friendship wins at the biggest fucking show of all time. Yeah. You know, I think I said it to you. I said, they honestly seemingly found a way to do the one thing that like nobody would have like had as their first guest pick. Right. Everybody was like, who's going to turn on who is this Roddy going to be involved? What's going to be the, what's going to be the, the thing. And they said, none of that friendship wins. They were tested and they and they persevered. Well, and credit to AEW again, whoever the decision maker is, Jerry Lynn, Tony Khan, whatever. But Brian it could Danielson. have easily yeah, Brian Danielson. It could have easily been, well, this is the biggest show. We need to have the payoff here. And they said, fuck that. No. No. And you left fucking happy. I left happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Happy. I hugged my wife. I mean, I hugged my wife a lot, but I, I hugged her. I was like, this is great. Yeah. This is so fun. I know. Love, Love wins. Yeah. Love and wins. I like that they did throw into the match that the match initially ended as a draw because they hit a double clothesline on each Which, other. Yeah. Why would they call it? That was so great. Yeah. Double clothesline. <laughs> the calling of it. Yeah. So great. Yeah. That match was just spectacular. I loved every bit of it. Uh, let's just jump around here. I thought the most extreme person on the whole entire card. Hey, Jack Perry, you tried hard. Hook, you tried hard. But I think you guys got beat out by 64-year-old Sting. Sting. Still just fucking crazy as shit. Sting. And as uh, Brian J. brought up, uh, you didn't actually win that match, Sting, right? Uh, Swerve's hair was sticking out. In his hashtag tweet the table here. Yeah. Yeah. But another great thing is, you know, you start to look at AEW's roster and you're like, wait a minute, is it that young? Because you had a great moment with Sting and 49-year-old Christian Cage, right? Those two had a moment where they're going back and forth. And it's just incredible because you also have to think, you know, one thing that we say right now is, you know, Edge is wrestling his last match, for example, and there's people in the back that like looked up to Edge. And yeah, of course, right? But like, let's not forget that Christian Cage was also a fan as a kid, and I'm gonna bet was a fan of Sting. And here he is wrestling Sting in front of 81,000. Hands down, without a moment of hesitation, I will say I rank Christian higher on my all time favorite list than I do Edge. Possibly, yeah. I mean, rated R superstar was pretty fun, but especially yes, I, now. Christian, like yeah. adding what he's adding now is would help put him over for me now. Yeah, yeah. Especially the dead dad thing. That's so fun. Now, oh if God. we could get Edge over there, being Edge, how maybe Edge wants to be, that mm-hmm. might change, right? Maybe if Edge is yeah. allowed some of the freedoms that Christian is allowed at this moment, who knows? But more on that later, perhaps or perhaps not. Yeah. Uh, really quick though, what'd you think of the four way for the women's championship? I actually like this match quite a bit. I did like the match quite a bit, and I like the I like the story they started telling with where Tony Storm just kept getting the raw end of everything. Like she couldn't do anything right, and everything was fucking. You know what I mean? Just it was also she couldn't do anything right, and it always caused the detriment to to uh, Saray, right. right? Yeah, so yeah. fun. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Where it was like, well, I'm gonna hit Britt Baker because. Soraya's mom's holding her. Nope. And I I like this where we're going with Tony Storm, as we saw even later on Dynamite, where she's just like, I don't know what the fucking, what's going on? I don't know which way is up. Which way, like, she's going crazy, like, right before our eyes. Like, we're getting gold out of Tony Storm right now. She's one of my favorites right now. And on Dynamite, she threw a shoe. She said, I can't trust this shoe. (laughs) 
<laughs> Such great acting that made me think like uh, she didn't think that she didn't know that was coming. Yeah, that she was, that was great. That she was like that she was coming in as hot as the one that got thrown at George Bush. Yeah, well, <laughs> and you know, I'm not trying to jump ahead here, but if you peek behind the curtain, apparently from how I understand it, I guess they're married. But Tony Storm as crazy Tony Storm. And then the man who was barking in his entrance, Juice Robinson, pair them up on screen and just let them fucking go. The Geico Caveman, as Brian oh J. Bay Bay yeah. likes to keep pointing out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And look. He is. Will, he looks exactly like that thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I will 100% eat crow or whatever you'd like to say. I was completely wrong on Juice Robinson. He came in and I thought he was corny as fuck, which look. I mean, he, he is, is, but like that's the point. That's the gimmick. Yeah. 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 that's the i thought he was trying to be the man and i was like what the fuck so i initially bad first impression but i'm all in on this gangbang this is fucking great all the gangbang guys they're so much fun they beat uh the the golden showers it was so fucking good between these two teams and uh incredible that the gangbang won huh the gangbang gang yeah um I did like the um, the segment we got then, I think, from Dynamite, where, or it was like a, the post, here's what happened that you didn't see after whatever, um, yeah. where they were like, oh, you guys got to get out of here. It's the winner's room, Young Bucks. You got to get on out. And then they still just end up talking shit on FDR anyway, right? Like, yeah. And then they work out that whole match for All Out, which we'll, you know, we'll, we'll make some predictions on. But, yeah, the Gang Bang Gang isn't as bad as, as I thought it was going to be coming out. I mean, it's still not my – you know, the moment I'm waiting to pause and, and watch or anything like that. But, uh, you know, they're not terrible. Yeah. The, the one thing, though, that, look, I, it is stupid. It's stupid. But I still would tweak just a little bit is they have the cardboard cutout of Jay White because at one week, Jay White wasn't there. So they had the cardboard yeah, cutout. Right, yeah. But it doesn't make any fucking sense when yeah, Jay know. White's now there. He's there. Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> he's yeah. just looking at himself. If it was someone else, I think it'd be fun, right? Like, yeah, let's get a New Japan gangbanger as a cutout, and then you know, put that person in there. Um, that would be a little bit yeah, better. Yeah. For me. Right? But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else we got here? Hey, let's talk Stadium Stampede. Jesus Christ, John Moxley. Let's just kill yourself in front of eighty thousand. The head thing, what what are those called? Skewers or whatever? Oh yeah, right? yeah, the skewers. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Skewers yeah, that was the yeah. Head. Yes. And you know, one thing that people said and and I agree is this felt more like anarchy in the arena than a stadium stampede. I think if I'm peeking behind the curtain and maybe talking to Tony Khan, Wembley Stadium, you can't really do a anarchy in the arena when it's yeah. a stadium so i think right. that's the reason why they went with it now i will say they kept the tradition alive because pinta mid-match changed gimmicks just like matt hardy did in the first one and then he came out as pinta Scuro and all Scuro. red yeah that one was interesting yeah. right the, the like costume change <laughs> yeah well that's his evil side they came right. out as the evil side uh and then, yeah, you get uh, Orange Cassidy, you get the victory, put his hand in, in glass at one point, but then he's Superman punching everyone. Of course, as you're seeing here in the in the middle of the, the screen here, Eddie Kingston just being the fucking coolest person ever. Just like, like let me at him, like just pushing everybody out yeah. of the way while they're doing all their stuff, right? And he's like, nah, we're here to fight. Yeah, and we got announced after Dynamite, which again, we'll talk about with All Out, uh, after Eddie Kingston beat Willard Ute on Dynamite, 
We're going to get some tag team action with Eddie Kingston uh, on the other side is also going to be Claudio. They're going to keep that rivalry going, which side note, this is the most interesting Claudio's ever been because of Eddie Kingston. You know what I mean? 100%. Like, 100%. Yeah. Like he he's the straight man, you know, like he really isn't doing much. Yeah. But I'm interested in Claudio versus Eddie because 100%. Eddie has his, Eddie has made the story. Yes. Yeah, it's just incredible. Uh, what else we got here? Oh, let's talk about it. You, you mentioned it post-match in the locker room. What did you think of FTR versus the Young Bucks? Good. I'm just, you know, like, match was good. I, this, of course, is a storyline that a lot of people are interested in. I have kind of fell off and lost interest with it, but I thought the match was done really well. I hope we can kind of move on from it. And I mean, I know they're lifelong rivals, but I don't want to see this again for a while. The thing that I did like about it is there was callbacks to their first match, right? So, uh, yeah. Cash Wheeler, the way they lost the first match was he was going to do a fucking flip. Well, he got tempted again and he did another flip and he failed again, but this time it doesn't cost him. Right. And there was other callbacks throughout the match. I thought it was actually interesting that FTR won because of, uh, shoot reasons as you could say yeah <laughs> both uh, given that yeah. both the term yeah of, and i want to buy a beer for whoever brought the uh, fear of the revolver sign oh my god yeah and by the way i don't want to necessarily go into it that much because i think it's just silly because again we don't work there but cash wheeler needs to buy i don't know 10 weeks worth of milk for CM Punk and whatever Jack Perry is talking or whatever Jack Perry drinks because no one's talking about cash wheelers gun thing anymore. Yeah, right? right. You're only seeing the investigation with CM Punk and Jack Perry. Meanwhile, there's a real investigation yeah. about cash. Guy, Wheeler. You know, pointing a semi-automatic at, at somebody. <laughs> yeah. But we don't care about that investigation. Let's talk about the scuffle between two fake fighters you know what i mean like yeah i just two come dudes on. that weigh 180 <laughs> yeah and, and one who has two left feet yeah uh speaking of there's some tough dudes obviously in a 180 weight class so you give it oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah 100 yeah uh let's speak about two left feet here cm punk defeated samoa joe now i'll say this Ooh, yeah cm punk did his thing he trolled us with the cena thing and the leg drop but i thought when joe was like punking out punk pun intended that was the most fun when he was doing the olay chance with the crowd when he was you know they uh he was gonna do the walk away on yeah. the back foot from punk and punk was like ha got it this time he's like all right cool and then he goes to the outside and then he does he's like, got you motherfucker gotcha. and he still walks away and yeah, they did a good match, which I expected, right? The history between them, they worked things out fine. Um, you know, fine. This was not a whole lot of storyline built into this, really, that was designed to go anywhere. So I didn't expect a whole lot out of that, you know. Um, but, I mean, we've mentioned it, and now we're talking about punk. So we got to talk about it. Big shocker, this fucker has soiled the event, won't stop fucking whining about shit can't take the smoke like other people like uh, i think it was jeffrey sills mentioned earlier like mm -hmm. dude can't fucking not make it all about himself right like again there's a lot of things that we have seen but nobody's had any official things other than miro i think it was saying like 
that's some bullshit, whatever, you know, was just reported or whatever. Like I just, yeah, Jesus Christ, man, this guy, like, like Emily's tepid taker, like he can't be worth this. Can he? Well, so here's my thoughts. Okay. I didn't necessarily want to do a deep dive, but I do want to talk about a little, a couple things. So the first thing that comes to my mind with all of this, CM Punk again, gets into an altercation, right? Here's where my mind goes. He's 40, what? Five? 46, somewhere in that 44, somewhere in that age range, right? So currently I get it. You got dollars in Punk's name. I don't understand necessarily why, but you do. Let's just face facts. You do, right? right. But yeah. Okay. So you, you let him kind of skate maybe on this one. And you also kind of let him call decisions because apparently this whole thing became about hook wanted to do something got approval but then punk said no which again made no sense but maybe that's well, again what yeah on what the basis doing. that it was real glass and he was you know like which you know. look but like if the company says yes punk you have no say like get out of here right but maybe he does right so what i'm saying is he's got all of this leniency and he's got all this pool well he's also 44 and let's just say he's got two years left right He's done in 2025. Well, now you've got the contracts of Hook, Jack Perry, Britt Baker, Darby Allen, and they look back and they say, well, I want the punk treatment or I'm fucking out of here, right? Because now you got to pay the piper and those young guys who saw all the shit that punk did are either one going to say, I want that as well, or two say, Fuck out of here. I don't work for somebody who allows that to go on. I don't want to stay here. So that's where I think you're getting into a little bit of issue with all this. We got to make sure punk's happy. Second thing. And this is more important, I guess, to me is if you go back, you recall one of the reasons why CM Punk was attracted to joining AEW was when Brody Lee was sick. You heard fucking nothing, which Side note to all these fucking dorks and clickbaiters, that's how it should be. I hate, I'm going to go on another side note to get back to this one. I hate when Tony Khan says no comment and people are mad. It's not a fucking publicly traded company. He doesn't need to tell you shit about his thing except watch the product, right? Now, going back to that, the thing that's a little disheartening is, as mentioned, when Brody Lee was going through all of that, you heard fucking zip. Brother... You heard Punk fighting Jack Perry five minutes after it happened? Like, who the fuck is talking to Melter, Sean Ross, whatever the fuck their names are? Like, that's Tim. a little disheartening. Tim. Huh? Tim. You think? <sighs> I, I, well, it could be, right? Yeah. But I guess my my point is, man, you used to be the fucking company where it was like, yeah, I and just now you're not. I and just, now you're not. So we've heard a lot of you know conflicting things on what exactly happened, right? But the general consensus is Punk didn't like the real glass Crimea River, which I didn't catch why he was saying it. I was like, that was a weird thing to say. But then like I kind of, you know, as everything broke out, I was like, oh fuck, that's right. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, it just look, you know, I've seen somebody say like, well, Perry came up to him and said shit. And, and, you know, before it was fucking, you know, the other person who we got, the young bucks came up and he's always been retaliating. And it's like, no, no, you assholes who think that as well need to understand this too. 
people fucking with you isn't just always an okay excuse for you to start fucking physical fights in the workplace and shit. Like, there's different scenarios. If we're at a bar, you know, and maybe even there is not necessarily, but like, you know, you take it outside or something like that, right? Like, there's some things where like maybe Tom and I might agree, like, it's okay to fight, right? But like, you're at a workplace event while you're putting on a show, motherfucker. Like, it's one thing to say like, hey, why don't we meet up at the gym on the road before the next event and fucking we'll see, right? Like- Fucking yeah. like that's a tough guy, you know. There's like meet me at a time and place where there ain't people that's gonna separate us, right? Like let's or, do this. Or or there's not gonna be a situation where if you fall or I fall, we're gonna take down the lights of a fucking stadium show, right? Like yeah. there. That's the thing. You're in a workplace because again, I think mutual combat is fine. However, it is not fine in the workplace. I one million percent am against in the workplace because other people are affected by yeah. what you two are doing right or three or four whatever it is i agree yeah if if you think you if you really got a fucking problem hey you know, for example i think you've said October. this to people you've been like meet me oh. at this gym at this date oh and we'll fucking go you, yeah i'll give you a shark bait mma's address right now and i'll meet you tomorrow easy even yeah. with one arm i don't give a fuck i'll fight anyone but that's the thing you do like again they're not coming to kansas city but like CM Punk, who knows a steel, can say, "Hey, where's Shark Bait's gym? I'm gonna fight Jack Perry, and we can set or that this. up." Hey, we'll book a storyline that gets into an unsanctioned match, and then what are they gonna do? We're gonna really throw this, you throw each other around this fucking, you know what I mean? Like, say something, right? You go, you, you fucking. That's what I say. You give them a square up thing. This idea of like running up, mushing people, and like just yeah, calm down. Stop having such a fucking reaction to people talking shit on you when, especially, that's what you're known for. And you smirk about it. You love it. They're like, I'm the guy that talks shit. And it sounds like that's what you're upset about. Like, you're not special when other people talk shit. Yeah. Well, and here's the other thing that I'll say about this specific situation is, my opinion, the previous fight, whatever we're going to call that, right? I can almost understand Punk's situation because, as I understand it from Punk's point of view, if you had such an intimate, longstanding friendship with an individual, and then that gets broken up because of circumstances, and then his friends start to talk shit on you, I can see how you're like, this isn't the one you want to be talking about, right? I'm fucking pissed, and now if you come see me, I don't know what to do, right? I can I can grasp... Well, and, and from all the accounts, they busted into his room, right? So you're like, right. okay, well, you know. Yeah, yeah. and I can, I can grasp being upset to the point of wanting to punch these young bucks and Kenny. Yeah, like, especially all right. Yeah. They kick open a door. I mean, yeah, you did yeah. say, come find me, but like, right. You got to so, fight when somebody comes in starting to fight. It does happen. I understand that point of view. Yeah. Yeah. But fast forward to this situation. I don't look, man. He didn't say punks a fucking bitch yeah. or, or, uh, he didn't even mention you, right. He knocked on the glass. He didn't say, uh, How's that for you, punk, or anything like that? He, I mean, he mentioned he was talking to you, but like, again, Tim and I didn't fucking know. You know what I mean? Like in the moment, I don't fucking know what that meant. And but and that's just the thing. It's like it comes across as like he can't, he won't let go to the point that like it enrages him. If if he feels that it can be perceived that somebody got one over on him, because that's right. all that happened in that comment is a guy got one over on you. You know how many times people I've liked and disliked are able to get one over on me and you just fucking take it and and get one next time? 
Sack yeah. up, man. Like you fucking well, baby. That, yeah, that's the situation. Is again, I can empathize with the first situation because that seemed more intimate and real yeah. to you. But this seemed like a fucking. Ja- Here's what you could have done, you jackass CM Punk. Your match was next. Fucking poke Jungle Boy at something. I don't know what you could do. You could, you know, do the oh, or do something or pound your chest like how he does. You could, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Right. Like, but you mushed him in the face after, side note, after. Here, here's the other part that just baffles my mind. Look, he did go through real glass. I saw blood, not profusely, but I saw blood on his back. Him and Hook went at it. They had a really fun match. He was kind of beat up. And that's the moment you want to be like, well, I'm fresh and I see him right there. We're going to go at it. Like, wait till, wait till even you're tired. You know what I'm saying? Like it was such a advantageous situation for punk to be a fucking prick when he didn't need to be a prick. And that's the most upsetting thing. And second, that's the other thing. That's the, the worst thing, as you mentioned, all, all in was spectacular. Hell, when we went to All Out, as the acclaim mentioned, that match with Keith Lee and Swerve. Yeah, that event felt magical and spectacular as well. It felt like one of the biggest things ever. Yeah, the six-man inaugural championship with Hangman Mm -hmm. and the Dark Order versus We were on such a high when this thing broke out afterwards. We were sitting on our chairs waiting on an Uber for two and a half fucking hours talking to wrestling fans. But, like, that's now marred because of Brawl Out. And so it's just fucking the tepid take. I know. You're not worth. I feel like two of their this. biggest events ever that they built up for, right? Like their two biggest things. He fucked them on mm-hmm. both of them, and I just can't believe you'd keep taking it. Like, like fuck your money, man. Okay, if I can make yeah. money, if you whatever, but like, it ain't worth it. So, especially to a guy like Tony Khan. Now, again, if he's being told by Warner Brothers, maybe that's a different scenario, right? Because right. to a guy like Tony Khan, it's like. CM Punk, whatever money you bring, I could just fucking subsidize that out of my own fucking pocket if I had yeah. to. Fuck you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on, though. So let's talk about the first match of the night that will get us to All Out. Mm-hmm. So the first match of the night was for the oh, ROH World Tag Team Championships. We didn't mention, though. We did do some picks for All In, and we've been talking about a bunch of these matches. Well, that's what, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, to you want to get okay. to that. All right, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. So for the first match of the night, it was for the ROH World Tag Team Championships. Oh, this is fun. It was Aussie Open coming in as champions, taking on Better Than You, Bay Bay, Adam Cole, and MJF. And son of a bitch, Better Than You, Bay Bay, are your new ROH World Tag Team Champions. I was surprised and really made me even more intrigued for what the hell was going to happen at the end. So, you know, and and I don't know how we didn't see that coming, right? Because the whole thing we've been talking about with the storyline was we don't know what the hell is going to happen next. Literally with every breath they breathe, we don't know what's going to happen next. And they would have had to give something away if they somehow lost that match other than it just being a boring non-finish, you know, or something Mm -hmm. along those lines. So, yeah. The extra intrigue of like, oh shit, now they are tag team titles. What are they going to do when they break up as friends? Well, guess what, motherfucker? Swerve, they didn't break up as friends. Yeah, this was amazing. Friendship one. Loved it. The match was so fun. I was telling my son about it a lot, and he knew this event was coming up. He didn't watch every week or anything, but likes Orange Cassidy, likes the acclaim, those kind of things. 
Um, and I was telling about the storyline and it was something about the double clothesline and the kangaroo kick and this match, like, you know, his first thing we're sitting down and watching that and all of that delivers and he's just rolling, enjoying all of it. And I was like, yeah, that's when I told him, I said, look, MJF has only been wrestling a few years and he's already in one of my top five favorites of all time. He's so oh, yeah. fucking good. Definitely. 1 million percent. So again, we kind of, uh, popcorned our way around, all in and as you can recall from last week's show we did picks tim and we had stakes the loser would have to wear a jeff jarrett shirt yeah as soon as it came in the mail on that week's yes uh spanish announce table episode so tim if you wouldn't mind because you are the organizer uh-huh. more than me who won the pick? Well, for all in. It's interesting, friend, that um, you asked that question because the actual results are that we need five more minutes because we had a draw. We tied <laughs> <laughs> it's square even. We each pick some things wrong, we each pick some things right, and of course, we pick some things the same. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, that, you know, total numbers, I don't remember off the top of my head here, but yeah, we ended up in a dead even tie eight. eight to eight. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. If you didn't listen last week to our picks, we did pick different matches. We didn't just go through the card and say better than you, baby. Right, yeah, yeah. Like we, we differed, uh, and we still ended up in an eight to eight tie. So Tim, that takes us <laughs> to this weekend's pay-per-view all out. And, and we kind of talked about it. We're going to double down. We're going to get back into this. And you explain, because I can have a mush brain here, explain how we're going to do this. We're going to prevent picks. We're going to prevent a tie to where we may need five more minutes uh, starting now. Um, and on this one, we may flip a coin to just see who determines, right? Who gets to pick this, but after we make these picks and I'm looking right now, I got the card pulled up here on all wrestling.com right now, as of Thursday, uh, there is nine matches on the card, right? We have rampage and collision to get through. So sue us if we miss something here, but if there's a right. big enough thing, Tom and I will pick something on the side, right? And, and yep, we'll make 100%. our picks up it. but we're going to, after the nine picks, we're going to pick one match that will be considered the tiebreaker. Right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that way, if there's a tie, whoever picked that one, it'd have to be a match that we differed on, right? Whoever picked mm-hmm. that right will then be declared the winner. Now, since we don't have a current winner right now in the standings from the last event, we'll have to find a way to pick this. But whoever wins all out at the next event that we pick, which is what I don't know, yeah, Revolution, yeah, or that something one, like that, whatever, yeah. then the whoever won the last one will be the one to pick the match that is the. Uh, the tiebreaker if you're following me there right so that way we'll yep. avoid these tiebreakers if we ever put stakes on these things but i like that a little extra added right because what if we pick uh you know what if you pick a shitty one and you got it wrong and then you picked your own tiebreaker and fucking lost wouldn't that suck that would suck and tim i'm gonna i'm gonna be the bigger man here mm-hmm. i am gonna say for this oh all okay. out picks all right. i will give you the pick of that. the tiebreaker nice. look at you all right now again we have to differ so let's yeah. see what the picks are let's first. Let's see what the picks are first, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'll let you decide since you okay. came up with all the right. idea. You want to go through the card here? I've got it right here in front of me on all of these. Yeah, ones. let's do it. All right. Let's, let's do just, it. Well, let's start with that eight-man tag match, right? We got FTR and the Young Bucks versus Bullet Club Gold. Who are you going with, Tim? Mm. I'll let you go first, too, on this one. <laughs> then we'll... 
This feels like it's FTR and Young Bucks. I feel like we're they're going to get this like, oh man, I don't know. Go ahead. They just got a big spot, so maybe they got to do the deed, right? It's a good way for all of them to lose without really losing anything. Maybe we still get a little more dissension. Now I'm going FTR and Young Bucks. FTR and Young Bucks. I like it. I'm going to tell you a little bit of history. This is the third time that FTR and the Young Bucks have teamed together. Mm. Their record as a team is 0-2. Oh well, first time for everything. Well, I think we are you know, I think we're gonna go with the three strikes and you're out. We're not gonna do this again because I also well no, I, I disagree with you. I am going with the gangbang, and I think the gangbang golden showers on FTR and the Young Bucks. Gangbang gang golden bang. showers. Yeah, the gangbang. Man, I'm gonna yell that so many times at fucking dynamite if they walk gang out. Gangbang! Gangbang! Guns up! Gangbang! <laughs> what the fuck is a guns up? It's the gun club. Yeah, gangbang! Yes. <laughs> oh, and if Colton fucking looks at me again, remember that at the last dynamite? Bitch, you are not ready for this trouble. I will fucking put you in the dirt. Do not look at me that way again. I fucking got so mad when he thought he was coming at me, coming at me. Justin Floor is in the chat. He says you should pick Bullet Club uh, based off of Juice Robinson's entrance from All In. Why? What does that mean? I don't know. What did he do? Elaborate. Well, he did the like barking dog. Remember? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, so maybe that's it. Maybe that's what he's saying. Yeah. All right. right. Well, we've got Eddie Kingston and Shibata. Taking on Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuda. Man, this one's tough because I feel like, like you said, we're still keeping this alive. And so it feels like Eddie shouldn't lose, but it also feels like BCC shouldn't lose right now either. So I feel like they've lost a lot lately. So I'm a little torn on this one. I'm going to let you pick this one first. What do you got? I got Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah. If you if you kind of take a step back and look at what's been happening to them, they lost uh, Stadium Stampede. Previous to that, they lost Blood yeah. and Guts. That's how. I'm and feeling. and Claudio and Wheeler, Wheeler, however you want to say it, are a team. And Eddie and Shibata are kind Not, of friends who are yeah. yeah hanging out. So I think the chemistry. Yeah. With Blackpool Combat Club, we'll get them over on this one. I think we're going to have to side together on that one. Um, Let's move on to Better Than You, Baby, defend the ROH Tag Team titles against the winners of an ROH Tag Team Battle Royal. I didn't see who all was in the Battle Royal, but is these guys from the uh, kingdom that I know. No, I I know who won. We'll do a spoiler. Uh. So if you don't want to know, I'll I'll count down to three, skip past this, uh, and then, you know, whatever. But so three two one the dark order one so it's john mm. silver and alex reynolds versus okay. better than you baby right. dark order yeah um uh yeah well then better than you baby is winning this that's not well i think yeah whoever it was i think it was better than you baby yeah the only way i would have considered is if if the two of the guys from you know the the guys the hanging out with no uh no what's charisma. Fucking, no charisma jones there yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, Which, okay. hey, that was a that was a decent segment. Oh, what that segment think? was really good. Yeah, no, that segment was good. Even Roddy was not terrible. I think a lot of them, um, 
they all they could have toned it down a little bit. They could have had those conversations without screaming the whole time, right? But like I loved the stuff they were saying and how we can so we got that thing of like, hey, MJF, get a break, right? Deserve it. Everybody loves you now. You deserve a break, but he's still being a scumbag about it. And now Adam Cole's here. We get to steer Adam Cole away from the MJF thing with kind of a clean break here if we want to. Man, God damn it, though. If you if you watch Ring of Honor television, which I do week to week, the Dark Order's on that bitch. That's oh, where they wrestle. So there could be, ooh... So they're strong could be and strong and them cost them, them the match. Is that what yeah. you're picking? No, I still, still going think... better than you. I think we're going to ride this out a little bit. Yeah. Yep. 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 Okay. All right. Well, here's for the uh, ROH World Television Championship. We've got the king of television, Samoa Joe, defending it against Shane Taylor, which again, Shane Taylor, we know of Shane Taylor. Awesome. We know how fucking awesome Shane Taylor is. But if you only ever watched AEW television, Tom, would you know who the fuck Shane Taylor is? No, like you would have to know Ring of Honor pretty well. Some of his back history is, you know, Shane Taylor Productions uh, initially had an individual that you would all know, Keith Lee in it. Uh, they would actually then have a rivalry after Keith Lee would defect from the group. Um, but I'm going some Joe but here. This is going to be a hoss fight. Oh, this is big men slapping meat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but it's Joe winning too. I'm going with you too. Joe's winning that, man. We got to start picking some other ones. (laughs) But yeah, Joe's winning this. Yeah. Well, because Joe isn't going to lose back-to-back weeks on back-to-back pay-per-views. He's not going to lose the punk and then Shane Taylor, for Christ's sake. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. All right. Well, the AEW International Championship is on the line. This one's hard. It's hard. I know. I feel like you can go either way. This is the most intriguing match for me. Me too. This is because this is the main event. This has to be the main event of the show. Th- I, well, unless, yeah, unless we unsuspend uh, CM Punk and he becomes the Ricky Starks. Look, Ricky Starks also got fucked in this because it was supposed Ricky to Starks be. Ricky Starks got really fucked in this, yeah. CM Punk and Ricky Starks in the main event in Chicago. Motherfucking punk. Think about others, prick. Um, but with that being said, um, I so I've mentioned I was like Orange Cassidy's on this run. He's essentially t- taken out the entire mid card. Swerve, Penta, Ray Phoenix. Yeah, you know, the list goes on and on. The mid card's done. It has to be a main eventer that beats Orange Cassidy for this championship. You can't then have him lose right. to. Yeah, so that's know. the struggle is because I could definitely see a situation where we're like, hey, Moxley's gonna put orange Cassidy over right he's gonna get this win through a, one of the most hard-fought battles he's ever had but then where do we go right like you said it has to be a main eventer so what are we he's so beat down the story we've been telling is he's so hurt he would still be hurt and beat down after a john moxley match right so now who right so i kind of feel like it's got to be moxley i feel that i'm way thinking too. it's moxley man and here's the reason i here's the story i think they're gonna tell again if i had the pin this is the story i would tell is that Orange Cassidy can go to depths that he's never gone before and find a reserve of courage that he didn't even know existed, right? However, John Moxley is essentially a zombie, and you are going to have to kill him, and he's always, go- he's always going to like pain more than you, and that's the story. Where Orange Cassidy's like, 
motherfucker really again and then he's like yep i'm still fucking here you know what i mean yeah all right well we got kenny omega versus Takeshita, and i like this story where they were telling it's it's this is a decent story here right like hey he's hurt here's where he's hurt i know where he's hurt and why so do this right more of that right this is where we get a guy who doesn't have the greatest english right so he's not really going to tell us the story but don Callis is telling us something that we understand and now we kind of know how this match is going to go right they're going to be striking kenny omega they're going to be beating him down and man this one's tough for me too i could see them going either way here and i'm what do you got on this one kenny omega isn't going to get pinned twice in two weeks he took the pin for the golden showers against the gangbang, he ain't fucking gonna get pinned again against Takeshita at all out. So I got Kitty Omega. Hiya! Look at that. Hiya! That's who I got. You better hurry. Come on. Man. All right. I'm gonna. S- I think you're right, but I feel like I. Uh, come on i feel girl. like it would be all right omega yeah. ah, no you should have went to Kesta. all right all right fine i'm going to Kesta. no no i'm staying omega no, omega no, wins. no all right but i will pick the next one first so that way that you don't have to uh uh to do so i uh, let's do the tbs championship chris statlander versus ruby soho god this one's a little tough too because i feel like the statlander thing we like it they like her but it's kind of falling flat. There ain't really a whole lot getting, I don't see the crowd going a whole lot nuts, right? She's not really moving the needle on these storylines. I don't think Ruby Soho does that either, but I think they might think she does and might want her to spotlight it a little bit. So I'm going to go with a little bit of the wild card here and guess with Ruby Soho. Oh, Tim. I just had an idea. Mm. I know we've gone long, so we got to wrap it up here quick. Here's an idea. Ruby wins, so she's a TBS champion. Okay. Soraya is your women's champion, right? Yeah. So the outcasts have all the gold. Well, guess who doesn't have the gold? Tony Storm. Well, she's a psycho. She's kicked out of the group. Pow, right? We don't do this immediately, but we pow, right? We, we kick her out. She goes too crazy and maybe even quits the group, right? Something like that. Well, right around that time, we got to get a, a replacement for Tony Storm because a group has to be three or else it's just a tag team. And they showed a woman at All In who might be healthy around that fucking time. And her name is Mercedes Monet. Yep. And so you could do the three-woman power trip or something, you know what I mean? And have the fucking outcast reign supreme over everyone. Or Chris Statlander, who does better fucking matches. And remember when she fucking picked her up and like was squatting Renee Paquette when doing a, uh, a fucking interview. That was incredible. I, I'm going to, I think that's a cool idea. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I would like it, but I'm going to stay true. I think Statlander keeps the belt. Oh, you think Statlander wins. All right. I think yep. you're right. I think you scooped me. All right. Uh, Miro and powerhouse. Power powerhouse Hobbs, man. We need to stop doing this book of fucking bullshit and QT fuck a fight, fuck a face. Which, God bless it, man. All right, this one's it's tough near. for me because, like, powerhouse should get a decent win against somebody. But from some accounts that we hear, Miro really ain't about that life a lot, right? Um, so I'm gonna go Miro with this one because of that. Me too. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm going Miro. Miro, Miro, Miro. Miro, yeah. Miro, Miro. All right. Final one I got here is for the TNT Championship. We got Luchasaurus, or Christian, whoever that is, the TNT champion, versus Darby Allen. Um, I think Luchasaurus wins this one. I don't think we're going, like, another run of Darby Allen with TNT Championship. I think we still like this, like, I'm the TNT champion when he's not, right, with Christian. So I feel like Luchasaurus pulls this victory down. I agree, and this is why. Not necessarily because of that story. I think maybe the story is told. Darby went through a coffin match last weekend, and Christian did too, but Christian's not actually wrestling. It's the guy who didn't wrestle in that match, Luchasaurus, who's going to fuck Darby up, right? It's going to be a, he throws him into the guardrail 62 times in a row, you know, something like that. And Luchasaurus looks like the fucking beast that can never be tamed. And then maybe what I would do is maybe just do a Luchasaurus actually is feeling himself. Maybe he doesn't need this old Christian cage. Just do a little of that. Just do a little of that after post-match. That's what I would do. Right. Um, So I think we had three things where we didn't agree. So I think that by nature means we won't tie. I'd have to do the math on that one. I don't know. Well, we'll we'll pick a tiebreaker just in case. Maybe in future reference, we'll just call it a, no, we can't call it a two-pointer because that might still eliminate in a tie. You know, it has to be a tiebreaker when needed. But mm-hmm. so we pick differently the FTR and Bucks versus the Gang Bang Gang, Golden Showers, Elite Bullet Buck Brothers Club. And um, we pick different the Soho Statlander match. And is that it? Is it only two then? Yeah, it looks like that's the only two that we pick different then. Okay, so it's only two. So we do need a good. So it's either FTR Bucks. Or... Wait a minute! Did you pick? Did you pick Moxley or Orange Cassidy? Moxley. That's who you picked. Okay, right? so that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I so do I think I'm more sure about FTR and Bucks or more sure about Ruby Soho? I think I'm less sure about Ruby Soho and Statlander. So I'm going to say the FTR Bucks is my tiebreaker pick. Because I went with the gangbang. Right. So if okay. we tie at the end after all the picks, whoever got That's... that match right will be the winner. So that's a big like one that. for us. So that puts a lot of stakes on this one. We're going to both be tied into that one. Now, it may not matter in the end, right? Yeah. As much, but. I we'll tell see. you what, though. I've always loved the gangbang, so I've got to go with them. Yes. Lo- yeah. 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 I mean, who doesn't love that? That's fucking. That's where you suck it from the back. <laughs> that is where you suck it the from Spanish the back. The Spanish announce table. With that, let's get the hell out of here, Tim. <laughs> 